I don't know about you guys, but at, at Christmas time, before we get to Christmas, I have to watch a number of Christmas movies to get there, right? Is anybody else with me? Does anyone else is like, before we, thank you, yes. Before we get to Christmas, I have to watch this movie and this movie and this movie because it's like Christmas tradition. Like, for instance, it is not Christmas if I have not seen the movie Elf before Christmas, correct? <laughs> it has to be seen. I have to watch that man in tights jump onto a Christmas tree. It's part of the experience, right? And one of the ones that for me is, it's, it's a mandatory that I have to watch every single year. It's just part of my experience is the old classic, It's a Wonderful Life. This movie is, honestly, it's probably one of my favorite movies of all time. Not favorite Christmas movies, favorite movies of all time. It's one of those movies that just like, I don't know why, but it's just so rooted in me as like, oh man, it's just such a great and beautiful movie. Well, what's interesting is, is this movie, when it came out, actually was not considered a success, believe it or not. Some of you were like, oh, you know, it's obviously pretty old. It was actually released in 1946, so it's, it's old, right? It's back there. But when it was released, it actually was considered an okay movie. It starred this, this guy named Jimmy Stewart, right? James Stewart. Some of you guys have seen him in plenty of other movies from that era. Donna Reed, and it was directed by this man named Frank Capra. And it stars Jimmy Stewart as George Bailey. And George Bailey is this guy who kind of has just had bum luck throughout his life. And the story centers around Christmas Eve. George is in a really, really bad scenario. And he's considering ending his life on Christmas Eve. That he figures it might be better if he's just not here anymore. And he's considering taking his life. So the story wraps around kind of understanding his backstory and the situation where he currently is. Thinking that maybe it would be better if he ended his life. Real quick, how many people have never seen the movie? It's okay. You don't have to be ashamed. Wow, okay, this, you gotta, you'll see like a little bit of it tonight, but I, today, but I'm telling you, you need to watch this movie, it's terrific. When it was released, it's actually not considered a success, and here's what's interesting. Frank Capra thought, okay, yeah, it was, you know, an okay movie, released in 1946. In 1974, the movie actually, through an error, was no longer licensed through the company that made it, and it became public domain in 1974. And for 20 years between 1974 and 1994, there was no licensing for this movie. So what happened is, is every television station around the world played this movie for free because they didn't have to pay anybody. So starting in 1974, all of a sudden it became a Christmas movie, which it was never meant to even be a Christmas movie. It was just a movie about this guy and it happened to be around Christmas. And Frank Capra actually said it was weird. 30 years after I made this movie, I watched it become a classic. How weird is that, that that's the way that it kind of came around? And now, if you talk to anybody about this movie, you read anything, it's considered one of the greatest movies of all time. People will say it's just one of these classics that people should see. I think the reason is, there's a little bit of George Bailey in every one of us. When we watch Jimmy Stewart do this role, we can't help but connect with him. I'm telling you, as you watch these, you see how you feel, but... It's almost like Jimmy's story, it, it, it touches us, George's story, excuse me, Jimmy portrays, it, it almost kind of touches all of us, because I think all of us have lived parts of George Bailey's life. And when we see it, it just, it just connects with us, and this movie kind of takes us on this ride where we feel like we're right there with the character. So that's what we're going to do this morning as well. I'm going to let the movie do the majority of the teaching. I'm kind of taking a week off. I'm just going to chill up here for a little while with you, but... Now, I'm going to give you some some information along the way, but we're going to watch these clips together, and we're going to learn from this movie, because I think there's there's great truths inside of this, 
of, of George Bailey. So we're going to watch this first clip. And as we start, this is kind of the introduction to, to George and to Mary, who is going to become his wife. And this takes place right after their very first date. They end up falling into a pool while they're actually dancing, believe it or not. And they're walking home. And we get to see their relationship where, where George is kind of headed. And then we get to see as the situations kind of turn. So let's watch this clip together. Well, as you might guess in that next scene, George ends up not going to college. He gives his money to, to, for college to his younger brother instead, sends him off, and he stays to be able to save his father's business, the building and loan. It was interesting about uh, George Bailey is this whole situation we kind of see him in, um, the, the night you know where he's walking with Mary. And I love because George says to Mary, he says, Mary, I know what I'm going to do tomorrow and the next day and the next year and the year after that. He says, man, I, I got this whole thing laid out, where I'm going next. I'm going to go travel, see the world. I'm going to go to college. I'm going to learn things. I'm going to build things. I'm going to accomplish things. But by the end of the night, his entire world had changed. By the end of the night, his dad was gone. He ended up having to cancel that trip. By the time a few months passed, he had to cancel the idea of going off to college and learning that instead to stay back and, and continue this business. A little while later, we see he ends up getting married to Mary, and they're just about ready to head out on their honeymoon, but there's a bank run, and everyone's trying to get their money out of the building and loan, and he has to take his entire uh, stack of cash that he was going to use for their honeymoon, and he has to save it by giving out small loans to everybody to keep his business going once again. And George is just a story of the fact that we can lay these great plans and all of a sudden reality can completely change them, can't they? We can have these great dreams that are laid out in front of us. I don't know about you, but for some of you young people, you're, you're, you're dreaming, you're laying out things that you want. Maybe for people who are a little older, you're still dreaming, but maybe you think, did I accomplish the dreams that I had set out when I started? You know, we have these, these aspirations and we make these, these plans of where our life is going to go and the, the paths we're going to take and we're going to be here for so long, then we're going to do this. But for a lot of us, to be honest with you, we can look at our lives and feel a lot like George, can't we? That we had these plans or we had these dreams and then all of a sudden reality kind of stepped right in front of those and the dreams had to change or the plans had to change and things had to shift. And a lot of people... Honestly, when they look at, at where their life's gone or where they're currently in and stuff is changing, they can almost feel like, like you're off of the path. Like this was the path that I had laid out, but then everything got in the way, and now I'm just, man, I'm just trudging through the weeds. I'm completely lost. I don't know where I'm going. But listen to me. Peter Bailey, excuse me, George Bailey is going to show us this in just a little bit, but I think our lives do as well. Just because your life isn't going as you planned doesn't mean your life isn't going according to plan. Listen, let me say it again. Just because your life isn't going as you planned doesn't mean that your life isn't going according to plan. You see, the reality is, is I believe there's greater plans that are laid than maybe any of us could see. That we're not lost and in the weeds if some of our dreams don't get met, some of our plans end up changing. That we're not off the path and in the weeds by ourselves, but instead there's a path that maybe we didn't see because we were looking one direction, but I believe that we're still in a plan. We're still on a path. Listen to these words that are said in God's word in Jeremiah. God speaking to the prophet. He says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In Romans, Paul talking to people, he says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to, the, to the, his purpose for them. I believe with all my heart that God lays plans underneath of our plans. 
And very often, our dreams or our plans, they might change, something steps in the way, and we we feel like we get shifted off of it. But I believe with all my heart that we're still walking according to plan. That there's a greater plan that's there that maybe we don't ever see. And that's what we're going to see with with George in these next scenes today as we watch this. George feels like his entire life has just been kind of giving up dream after dream after dream, that he's never been able to follow the path that he wanted. And his path takes him to places that, honestly, he would probably never choose. That's where we're going next with with George. After all of these different things, after all of these situations of giving up dreams and changing his plan, a bad situation happens in which his Uncle Billy loses a deposit for $8,000. Now, that's a fair amount of money today. In that day, if you notice the math, a house cost $5,000. Okay, so a little bit of a, of a change, obviously. If a house costs five, we're talking about a whole lot of money that he lost this deposit. And the reality is George realizes that this lost money is going to be enough to create a rift that's going to shut down the business that he's given up all of his dreams to continue, enough to create this massive scandal, and enough to probably put him behind bars because when they look at it, they're going to say, where did this $8,000 go? And they're going to hang it around George's neck because he's the one in charge. And he realizes, not only am I going to lose this business, not only am I not going to be there to provide for my kids, I'm likely going to jail because of a situation like this. And it all happens on Christmas Eve. And George realizes that maybe, just maybe, it would be better if he just wasn't here to see the reactions of these. Maybe it would be better for his family, for everybody, if he was just no longer here. That's what we're going to start with this next clip as we look at George. Well, in that clip, we get to see George, and George, obviously, after all these different scenarios and this, and this one that's kind of the straw that broke the camel back, he is just absolutely at the end of his rope. He's just done. He says his prayer, he gets hit in the face a couple of seconds later and figures, yeah, that's about the final insult to the injury, and he goes to kill himself. But unfortunately, or fortunately for him, God sends down a guardian angel named Clarence to speak to George. It's really interesting because, you know, at this time of year, where we talk about it, it's the, it's the most wonderful time of the year, right? For so many people, this could be the saddest time of the year. Isn't that interesting? A time when, for most people, it's like, oh, it's so joyous, it's so happy. But I, I've talked to per, person after person where, honestly, Christmas time is one of the most depressing times of the year for them. It brings up memories of other things, maybe dreams that weren't fulfilled, situations that changed that you wish you wouldn't have, people who you've lost. And a lot of people come up to Christmas Honestly, feeling more depressed than ever. Fortunately, sad as it is in our society, suicide rates spike around the holidays, believe it or not. And people have this this thought in their head, I guess, that maybe it would be better if I just wasn't here. Maybe it really wouldn't make much of a difference to my family, my friends, if I was just gone. I wouldn't have to deal with this day-to-day every single day. I could just kind of exit, and everyone would be better off without me, not having to worry about me or think about me. It's funny because, it, I mean, it happens in our society, but it happens throughout history. Uh, it was reading through the Bible, and there's this guy in the Bible named Job. And Job suffered the same kind of thing as, as George. I mean, everything fell apart in his life. He lost family. He lost all of his finances, lost everything. His health started deteriorating. And Job said the same thing. It says in Job 3, 1 through 4, it says, At last Job spoke, and he cursed the day of his birth. He said, Let the day of my birth be erased, and the night I was conceived. Let the day be turned to darkness. Let it be lost, even to God on high. And let no light shine on it. He said the same thing. He says, you know, it's not necessarily I want to kill myself, but he says, I just wish I was just never born. 
If I had never been born, I think the whole world would just be better off. It would be a better scenario. There wouldn't be all this mess that I created that turned out so terrible. You know, what's interesting is George, from this, ends up getting to go with Clarence, and they go back into his town of Bedford Falls. And as he goes through Bedford Falls, he's shocked because all of a sudden, the town looks a lot different than he expected it to. You know, George felt that if I was to just never be born, I'd walk back in and everyone would be about the same, just as happy, and no one would just remember me and maybe be better off. But he goes back in town and he starts realizing that maybe his life had a bigger effect than he thought. The town is way worse off. Everybody had had, had to crawl to Potter because there wasn't anyone there to save the building alone, so everyone was underneath of his thumb in the town. As he goes back, he finds the fact that um, his brother was a war hero. Everyone was talking about him coming home on this Christmas Eve. His brother who went off to war and he saved all these men and he was a hero who was coming home. He finds out that his brother never went to war and never saved all those people because his brother never made it past childhood because George wasn't there to save his life when they were little kids. He realizes that all of a sudden a small little action affected tons and tons of people. He goes and wonders what his wife is doing And he finds out that his wife never, ever found love. She never found another man who was like him, who loved her. And instead, she was an old maid who was living by herself. He realizes that his life had actually accomplished way more than he he thought. He sees the fact that even though he figures like he always just lost these dreams and always stopped short, he figured he never accomplished anything. Even though it wasn't his plan, his life had, had done so very much. I like Clarence says it this way when, uh, when George kind of reacts to the situation. His guardian angel says, Each man's life touches so many other lives. When he's not around, he leaves an awful hole. What's interesting is this would be like the worst situation in George's life, right? This idea of this $8,000 and coming to the place of the absolute breaking point for his life. But it's followed by one of the greatest moments in his life where he realizes that actually his life does have meaning. You know, what's interesting in, in our lives and in people's lives across the world, very often the brightest days were preceded by the darkest nights. Job saw this. Remember this guy I was just telling you about in the Bible who he felt like if I was just never born, it'd be better off. Through this hardest time that he faced when he came out on the other side of it, he got to experience God in a way never before because his eyes were really, really turned to God. He engaged with God and God actually spoke to him. Job comments on it at the end of the story. He says in Job 42.5, Before I'd only heard about you, but now I've seen you with my own eyes. And the story actually finishes saying the Lord blessed Job in the second half of his life even more than in the beginning. Friend, I don't know if maybe you're in this situation where um, it feels like maybe it would just be better off this Christmas if I wasn't around. Maybe for you that Christmas time is one of those depressing seasons. And I have to tell you, your biggest setback could be your biggest setup, just like George. Your biggest setback, that feeling of wondering whether or not anything is is really worth it, you being here. I'm telling you, it could be the darkest night before the brightest day. That if you open your eyes, and maybe like George, where you turn and, and you turn to God, that he revealed to George that actually his life had accomplished so much that maybe for you, if you turn your eyes to God, if you turn your eyes to the world around you, your family, maybe you'd realize that actually your life had accomplished much more. And these brightest days would come, come along. We're going to finish up by looking at George after he has this realization. George realizes that he no longer wants to be an unknown, that his life did count for something, and he wants to go back to this life which he was just trying to escape. And we get to see him as he has this realization, and he calls out to God one more time. And we'll finish this up together. 
I love the end of that movie. Almost every time I still get choked up at the end of it, to be honest with you, watching it. George gets this new lease on life when he gets to go back to his life. And the things that just a few minutes ago he was cursing, thinking were things that had held him back, all of a sudden he realized were the biggest blessings in his life. He looks at this town that he was stuck in and realized it was a great blessing. The business that held him back and realized that it was another blessing in his life. His family, his wife, his kids. I love this because he comes back and he, he gets this reality check of the fact that although he hadn't made everything that he wanted out of his life, that he had accomplished so very much. And I love this, the fact that Harry shows up and he says this to George Bailey, the richest man in town. George felt like a failure his whole life. But it's because he, he had forgotten a truth that he knew a long time previously, that success is more about the people you help than the money you make. Success is more about the people you help than the money you make. George knew it once. I don't know if you remember, if we jump back just a few minutes ago when we watched that very first clip of this, when he was talking about his dad, Peter, to Mr. Potter. Potter has more money than anyone there. And when he was talking about his dad, he said to, to Potter, he says, in my book, he died a much richer man than you ever will be. But see, over the years, George kind of got distracted, didn't he? Because just that life, that grind of trying to go day in and day out, he forgot about that truth, that it's not about the money you make, it's not about the things you can buy, it's about the people you've helped. And he's kind of reminded of it in this, in this clip at the end of it. You know, Jesus said the exact same thing when you see here on earth. He says in Luke twelve fifteen, life is not measured by how much you own. And in Mark ten forty five, he actually says, speaking of himself, he says, even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and give his life as a ransom for many. He sees success is much more about the people you help than about the money you make. Even sadder than a situation like George where you don't get to accomplish your dreams, I'm telling you, even sadder of a life is a life where you never help someone else accomplish their dreams. That's a truly sad life. Success, way more about who you've helped than the money you've made. I love Clarence's signature on the book. He says this, remember, no man is a failure who has friends. I think that that's great. I think each one of us have a little bit of George Bailey in us. I don't know where you find yourself this Christmas. Maybe you're the person that you felt like maybe you kind of got derailed from your dreams or your plans. I'm telling you, even though you might feel like you were off a scheduled you know, layout that you had or a path that you had grooved, I'm telling you, it doesn't mean that your life's not going according to plan. And even if it is in one of those dips like like George had experienced, I'm telling you the biggest setback could actually be the biggest setup that you might realize that actually your life has been worth far more. And maybe even this Christmas just coming into this season, because especially, man, for us in our culture, it's all about what you can buy, what you can make, what you've earned, what you've bought. Maybe it's just the realization this Christmas that it's not so much about that, it's actually about the friends and family that you have the people whose lives you've touched, the people whose lives you've shared. The last thing I want to leave you with is this. I don't know if you notice as you look at it, but George was a man, he says, I'm not a praying man. But both times in this movie when he just stopped and he turned his eyes towards God, God answered immediately. Right away, God answered both times. Whatever situation you might find yourself in, or maybe it's another situation that I haven't even talked about, I'm telling you that if you turn your eyes to God, I promise you that he will immediately turn and he'll respond to you. He's always good to do it. Maybe not exactly how we want to lay out, not exactly in the scenario that we want, but he always answers. He always does. You know, the entire idea of this movie, kind of from start to finish, is the conversation of what the value of one human life is. 
George, a man like this who maybe had some distractions, had some derailments of what his plans were, and wondering if his life was really worth it or not. Maybe that's your scenario as you think about your own life, and you wonder how much value you've really brought to the table or how much you've accomplished or if your life has really been worth it. But I'm telling you, friend, that if you're here today, maybe I'm kind of your Clarence. I'm not an AS2. I'm not trying to earn my wings. But if you're here today, I think that God's asked me to be Clarence to tell you that you are very, very valuable. I believe that God's not wasteful. If he has you here, breathing his air, there's a reason why you're here on this earth. And in fact, the entire Christmas story that we're sitting against right here of God coming to this earth is the story of your value. You see, the Christmas story, we just think about this, oh yeah, Jesus being born, this little baby, but we forget about the fact that that is page one of the greatest rescue story of all history. You see, the Bible says that the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus. What it means is that all of us, because of our just natural bend, we all turn towards sin and walk away from God. And that sin separates us from God, but he valued each of us so much that he came to earth as Jesus, lived a perfect life, and when he came to the end of his life where he was tortured and murdered, he had no sin to die for. So it says that Jesus, in his perfection, took all of the sin of the world and bore it on his back with his death, paying for every bit of debt that any of us would have. And the reason why he did it is because he loved you so much that he said, when you pass from this life, I want to spend eternity with you. Friend, I'm telling you, you are extremely valuable. And this season, in these next few days, of realizing what Christmas is all about is a tale of how much God values you, of how important you are, of how important one human life is. So what I just want to do is this. Just as we close today, just as a response, I just want to give you one opportunity. Close your eyes for me one second. Just bow your head for a second. Give the person next to you just a moment. And I just wanted to do this, because I don't know where everyone's at this morning, but... If you're somebody who says, you know what, I kind of link up with one of those situations with, Pete, with, uh, with George Bailey. And I don't have it all figured out. Maybe I'm not a praying man or a praying woman. But I would love to just ask God, if, if you're real, would you just help show me the way? Just like George said that day. I'm telling you that, that I, I believe he will. If it's you and you feel like you need to say that this morning, you know it's you. You can feel it in your chest. What I'm going to do is just give you an opportunity in a minute. You just shoot up your hands when I count to three. I just want to say a prayer for you. No one's looking around, but I just want to be able to pray for you, okay? You know it's you if it's you. One, two, don't miss it. Just shoot up your hands if it's you. I want to pray for you. Yeah, I see your hand. Anyone else? Yeah, I see your hand. I see your hand. Yeah. Shoot up. Just hold them up for a second. I just want to pray for you guys. God, I ask that you would, you would come and you would touch these people's lives. They just said, listen, I don't, I don't have all this figured out, but, but God, would you, would you just show me the way? Would you help in this season? Maybe it's, maybe it's showing them that they really are. They're on, a, they're on a path, that their life is going according to plan, even though it might not be going the way they'd, they, they thought it should. Or maybe it is a time that it's a low time, and you're going to show them that it's not a setback, but it's a setup, because you're going to reveal to them how important their lives really are. God, maybe it's the fact that you are working in them and showing them that their life is far more a success because of the people that they've helped and the money they've made. I ask Jesus Christ, you touch each one of their lives. You would reveal yourself to them, God, and how good you are. Lead them close to you and bring them into salvation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Thank you so much for being here. I pray that you have an amazing Christmas season, that Christmas is a celebration of how good God is and how valuable you are. Have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year.